Hey there, this is Kevin Scott. I'm the writer of Dooku Jedi Lost, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Force is with me, and I am with the Force. A Utini Podcast Network production. <laughs> Episode 131, Tempest Runner Roundtable. Don't do this. Don't shut me out. Let me help you. On this episode, a look at Star Wars Visions. I accept this responsibility. A Patreon goal update. Dad, Tony's here. And the Utini crew talks about the new audio drama, Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott. Let's make this our best show ever. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. Utini! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Living Force of Network podcast, all about the books we love and the people we love even more. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight is the full cast of crew members, including first, the Valheim player, the trailer destroyer. I don't know, that's not where I'm going. Dr. Corey Helton, eventually. What's up, what's up? <laughs> yeah, eventually. Guys, the trailer's getting real close. Woo! It is very, very close. I mounted all the cabinets in the last week. Um, what else have we done? All kinds of stuff. All It's all painted. It looks really nice. Like It's getting close, guys. getting close. October, end of October is my deadline. That's my deadline. Wow. I think it was previously the end of September, but now it's the end of October. I still have so. to watch hey. your latest episode of Doc and Mental trailer oh, building. Thank you. Oh, well, listen you, to that voice. Speaking of things that are beautifully painted and mounting of cabinets, it's Dr. Charles Hankel. There's a mounting yes. joke in there somewhere. Both of those things have so much to do with me. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to do another roundtable on a beautiful, beautiful audio drama because we don't have enough of those. We truly don't. Uh, but what we do have enough of because the world cannot hold more than one is the glorious Wes Jenkins. Hello, everyone, and this is this is one of my favorite stories, probably of all time, because I finished it like a week and a half ago. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to cram. Yeah, this you got time, to enjoy you know? it, Look and I listened to a little bit more of it today on the way to work and coming back from work. So nice. Um, That's awesome. also Corey. Just to talk about your trailer, once you get it done, you should like have a vacation like route to all of our homes, and you can stay in my driveway. Yes. <laughs> Look at that. It's perfect. I won't let you in. I won't let you in. I'll just come out. You won't, you won't, you won't let me siphon any electricity either. It's no, like, no, can no, I have no, an extension no. cord? Like, oh, no. No, no, no. You got a generator? <laughs> this is Texas. We don't do that anymore. Oh. <laughs> One also thing oh, I, I do have to acknowledge, because we, do, we are a brand, right? We did get a super chat before this uh, show yes. started, which we appreciate from our own Andrew Bell. We do appreciate you, Andrew. Yeah. (laughs) What does it say? uh, For $2, which is almost as much as this shit is worth, it's Fly Eagles Fly, (laughs) and I'm going to wash that out my mouth with alcohol now. If if Eric will say that, he will say literally anything. Remember that, folks. Eric is is just a little mad because the Cowboys are playing the Eagles tonight on Monday Mm. Night Football, and... Somebody, somebody from Utini, I don't know who it was, put a hashtag on the uh, TLF mm-hmm. uh, Twitter account. So Can't imagine anyways, who it was. It does either. help me, though, Andrew, that currently in our Utini League, Jacob's beating you by 100. So <laughs> anyway, uh, about this week, uh, a couple of things before we get into our roundtable, which we love. We want to give a congratulations to all of the creative teams behind Star Wars Visions. It got released last week. 
to freaking wild acclaim for the most part, unless, like, you're... There's, there were rude people, there were whatever's fine, but for the most part, I think everyone really enjoyed it, and there was a lot of variety of people's favorite episodes. I thought it was cool if you're online and you've watched it. Everyone kind of had a different favorite episode. There were some that were in, like, you know, the top tier and some were middling, but for the most part, everyone liked a different thing. And I think that really showed how cool Visions can be in setting a precedent going forward with content. Did you guys get to, uh, well, first of all, have you guys watched it yet? Because I watched them all on release day, but I know that people like to spread them out. So how much have y'all watched? I have seen the first one. So I saw Ronan, the first one. The and duel. it duel. was yes. phenomenal. It was so it was. good. I loved the, the animation style. It wasn't mm -hmm. like anything I've seen before. I've seen, I've seen anime before um, in that type, but having Star Wars in there, it just makes it that much better. It's just super good. So I still have eight more to go, I think, right? Yep. Nice. Nine of nice. Them. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. I've we watched. watched uh, I, no, go ahead. I've, I've watched the first seven. Um, the most recently nice. this morning. I'm spreading them out a lot because I've been really enjoying the experience. And I think should I say favorites? Can I say what my favorites are? Yeah, sure. I've stayed, why not? I have no idea if this is going to line up with other people because I've actually intentionally stayed away from everyone's rankings and all that kind of stuff. I don't want any spoilers. I don't want to mm -hmm. go in with preconceptions, etc. So my favorite. I think so far it has to be the ninth Jedi. That's up there for a lot of folks. That's I've, it's epic. <laughs> I figured it's nice, incredible. Nice. Um, surprise one that's for sure top three for me, or surprising to me was Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah, that was man, so sure. fun. Yeah, uh, that's your next one, Wes. I think that was the second episode. Yeah, it's the second okay. episode. And then I just this morning watched The Elder, which was incredible. So those yeah. ones are probably my top three. Yeah, when I watched The Elder, I got very much you vibes off of that. The master in that story is very much a Charles-type Jedi. It uh, feel, they felt Qui-Gon Obi-Wan to me. Yeah, yeah, that pair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love those. I like those. And then The Village Bride is, is, is another one of mine. Yes. Um, that one was beautiful. That yeah. one was maybe the most striking visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have not. <clears throat> I haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting for Caitlin. She was in a training for her work all weekend, which sucked. So, you know, we'll start watching it maybe tonight. What's the first one tonight? Maybe. Cool how how long are they now? Between like 14 minutes. and 22 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Excellent. 16 we, minutes and 38 seconds. We all <laughs> answered that question all at the same time with different responses. <laughs> so one of us right. Um, but yeah, so uh, a little sneak peek too. I think what we're gonna do next week's show. I think we're gonna start breaking down visions episodes. Uh, we'll probably take two episodes of Living Force and kind of go through each short and and talk about them at length and just kind of you know it's a new initiative. So stay tuned to that next week, uh, and we'll keep you posted, of course, on the socials for what we decide to do. Now the weekly Eugenie fantasy update. It was a rough week for your boy, um, who had a thing where my players all sucked, but. Uh, <laughs> Tough. As aforementioned, our very own uh, Jacob, our Spice Den friend, is up to 150 points this week. He is our high scorer, um, led by the glorious performance of Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Gotta love that stack there, dude. Uh, and then, of course, Mason Crosby helping you out. But, uh, Jacob, great week. It's been a nice, fun time. Uh, Wes, you are winning your matchup with our good for Timothy Guthrie <laughs> right now, but he's got a few players yeah. tonight um, that Josh Allen is, just isn't fair to you, so uh, we'll keep you all posted, and to everyone that still has players playing tonight, uh, go Cowboys if you have an Eagle uh, Dynafire. Alright, <laughs> next! 
We want to talk about our glorious patrons. Um, I assume some of whom might be Eagles fans, but no one's perfect. Uh, we want to thank you all for getting us to our uh, next Patreon goals. and wanted to address it uh, because we've talked about our Rogue One watch party. That was our community goal that we reached. And we're also close to, close to this Attack of the Clones commentary. So what we're going to do, we talked about this a little off air, and I'm going to say it on the show now to make us do it. We oh are going to reach out. Oh, my goodness. We're going to reach out to you all in a bit um, and ask. <laughs> oh, my God, Andrew. <laughs> this super chat. I'll read it in a second. Uh, we're going to ask if you would all like to do um, a community watch party or get another commentary. We're going to kind of have a vote or something. We'll talk to Timothy, but keep your eyes peeled. And if you're on our Patreon to see what kind of content is coming your way. And Andrew... Thank you, my friend, for reminding me there have been 536 different Star Wars books and comics published since the Dallas Cowboys last won a Super Bowl. Um, Jesus Christ. I appreciate you and all you've done, and I hope that you never, ever, ever need someone to watch your back on Starfighter Assault ever again. All right, speaking of news that makes us very sad, uh, we do have an announcement that I think a lot of people saw online this week. Queen's Hope, the upcoming... End of the Padme trilogy from E.K. Johnston has unfortunately been delayed until April 5th, 2022. I believe it was last week's show or the week before we did mention that there's been a supply chain shortage with books. Uh, like literally there's been a point where they some of the materials they need to print the books is being used to make the cardboard because people are buying so many things online. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons for it, but that book has been delayed. So past the next wave of the High Republic, we will finish that off and then get Padme in April. However, if you pre-ordered it, most places will just transfer your pre-orders. And if you did pre-order a signed copy from Firehouse Books, uh, which was the thing that E.K. Johnson was doing, they have sent out emails to people about how that's being handled. So uh, check your spam folders if you didn't get anything about that. But just a heads up that uh, here on out for the for the fall and winter, we got Ronin, which I have next to me here, and Thrawn, which is 550 pages. So... <laughs> There's still books coming, uh, but maybe we can, I don't know, go read Darth Plagueis in November, you know? You got time now. Excellent. Uh, and of course, speaking of new books, we did want to talk about something that got released today, and that is a preview for Ronin here. I'm going to hold this up. I was lucky enough to get my physical copy of Ronin this week. It is gorgeous. Um, it has a textured cover. If you have had any of the um, out-of-print special edition covers, the the texture feels a lot like that. Uh, nice. They released the first five chapters for free on Delray today, or on StarWars.com. And if y'all remember, the last time they did something like this was for a little book called Light of the Jedi. So, I'd say that bodes well, wouldn't you guys? Yeah, <laughs> like, and, yeah. and don't forget, the, the five chapters goes past what's in the duel. The duel is like the first yes. two chapters. So, if you've watched that, you've enjoyed that, you need the next step, go ahead and start Ronin. You get... Twice that much story right now. Yeah. Uh, there is a little bit of a cliffhanger, and I know we had some people on our Discord saying that we, we wanted to, you know, wait for the whole thing to come out because uh, some people just want to go with all in one go. Very respectable. It's coming out very soon on October 12th, I believe. So you can wait if you want. Make sure you get those pre-orders in if you want it at all. Or go to <laughs> StarWars.com right now, read those first five chapters. It's freaking amazing. Then we want to give a quick congratulations to... Friend of Star Wars Twitter, friend of StarWars.com, and notable Dallas Cowboys fan, yes, that's right, herself, Kelly Knox, uh, has a new book coming out that got announced today from DK Publishing, and it is, I think, written directly for Charles. Uh, it's called Be More Obi-Wan, 
And this is the cover here. Uh, it's because navigate your world with wit and wisdom. Charles, do you want to be more Obi-Wan in your life? It's pretty much my mantra. I mean, every morning I wake up, I look myself in the mirror, I point directly at my chest, and I say, be more Obi-Wan. And I have to assume there are multiple versions of this book coming out. I assume there's going to be like an English standard, a King James version. Like, you know, they're going to be they're going to be in every hotel room, nightstand. Like, I mean, you nailed it. It has to be. Uh, so, so, Kelly, congrats on getting another publishing deal with this. Uh, you guys can pre-order that now. Uh, they've done a couple. They've done a Leia book like this, a Yoda book, and I'm glad that Obi-Wan is finally getting his respect it deserves. And remember, all you got to do to wait for that book is to point in the mirror like Charles, but do it with like the two fingers, right? You got to point at yourself in that weird way. <laughs> uh, and if you're looking to buy that book or any book and want to help support the show and or your local bookshop, Go to the utini.com release schedule where you can get Ronin, a Visions novel, coming out on October 12th, or Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, coming out on November 16th. And y'all, after that, it's the Wave wave 3 of the High Republic. So get ready. A few months down the road, but get those pre-orders in now. Oh, glorious. Nothing is better than a corpse. All right. On that note, Charles, we listened to an audio drama in the High Republic era. And you put a bunch of notes out, and we're going to talk about it. So, without further ado, Tempest Runner Roundtable, engage. All right, y'all, let's do it. So, let's start this off how we always do. Let's go through a plot synopsis of everything happened that happened in this audio drama. Here we go. Lorna D and her Tempest attack Starlight Beacon. The Jedi and Nile clash. Lorna quickly realizes that she's going to lose the battle, but Marky and Roe denies her any reinforcements. Lorna then fakes her death using a droid in her armor, but is still captured and imprisoned. The Republic doesn't realize their true prize, and Lorna identifies herself as Sal Crossed. Elsewhere, a Nile member tells the story of what happened at Starlight Beacon to a couple of strangers in a bar. One of those strangers ends up being none other than Pan Ada. Pan kills the man and alerts his ship that they are going after Lorna. Chief Tarpfin of Starlight Beacon's security force interrogates Lorna, still not knowing her true identity and learns about her childhood. Lorna reveals that she lived on Ayaloth, a Twi'lek colony, as the daughter of its leader, the Keeper. However, she clashed with her family over how poor their people were. Lorna wanted her family to mine spice as a way of making credits, but her family refused. Out of frustration, Lorna is tricked by a friend named Bala into assisting with a coup, thinking she would be put in charge afterwards. Instead, she was betrayed, and her entire family was killed. She was then sold as a slave to the Zygerians. After the interrogation, Tarpfin condemns Lorna to a sentence aboard a prison ship, the Restitution, that travels the galaxy attempting to teach new skills to its inmates so they can eventually be effectively reintroduced to the galaxy. She's accompanied by one of her Nile crew members, Tasia, who threatens to reveal Lorna's identity. Lorna is forced to do whatever Tasia wants. As she befriends other inmates, Lorna reveals more about her past, including how she was freed from the Zygerians. The Jedi, specifically Opo Rancisis and his yeah. Padawan were responsible for freeing her. Rancisis <laughs> ultimately delivered Lorna to Karita Academy and encouraged her to seek a new life helping people. After being continually harassed at the Academy, Lorna nearly killed another cadet and escaped in a stolen fighter. Back aboard the Restitution, Lorna manages to make both friends and enemies. She finds herself going toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe against Ula Hest, a longtime inmate who essentially runs things on the ship. The Restitution then lands on Arbra to provide aid after a Nile attack, but suddenly Pan Ada arrives intent on killing Lorna. 
When Lorna becomes trapped and is at Pan's mercy, they reminisce about, <laughs> about their first meeting. Sorry, I find that part kind of funny. <laughs> After fleeing the academy, Lorna became a mercenary, posing as a Mandalorian. Bala, the same Twi'lek who betrayed Lorna, then approached her for a job fighting against the Nile, though he didn't recognize her. Lorna accepted the job and went on to defeat an entire Nile storm, but then Pan Ada arrives and is so impressed with Lorna that he offered her a position in his Tempest. As one of Lorna's first acts as a member of the Nile, she took a storm to attack Ayaloth and annex the Spice Mines. After revealing her identity, she murdered Bala for his betrayal so many years before. Back on Arbra, help arrives and rescues Lorna from Pan, and Pan is somehow still able to escape. Aboard the restitution after her near-death experience, Lorna shares her true identity with one of the prison administrators whom she befriended. She, he convinces Lorna that she can still change her ways and become a better person. In another flashback, Lorna recalls traveling to the Great Hall in No Space, where she witnessed Asgar Rowe accuse one of the Tempest Runners, Zan Avon, of withholding credits from him. But before Zan could be killed, he broke free and attacked Rowe. Lorna killed him before any harm could come to the eye. As a reward, Asgar Rowe made Lorna the new Tempest Runner. Lorna later learned that Pan and Cassif were working with Zan Avon, and that all three Tempest Runners wanted to kill Asgar Rowe so that his son, Markian, could take over. They thought he'd be more easily controlled, but rather than join them, Lorna warned Asgar. Asgar's offended Lorna assumed that she would be elevated amongst the Nile as Rose equal. He rebuffed her and sent her after Pan and Cassiv. Instead, as revenge for her denial, Lorna secretly returned to the Great Hall and murdered Asgar. Marky and Roe took over as Eye of the Nile, but the Tempest Runners quickly realized that they had made a mistake. The soft-spoken son of Asgar quickly revealed his true nature. In the present, Pan Ada attacks the restitution, still trying to find a way to kill Lorna. Lorna bands together with the rest of the prisoners she's befriended to fight back. Eventually, Pan is captured and she has the opportunity to kill him, but her new friends convince her not to do it. They convince her that she's become better than that. Before things have a chance to get too heartwarming, Lorna learns the prison administrator lied to her. In a fit of anger, she kills Pan and the prison administrator. She then offers all the prisoners aboard the ship a choice. Either use one of the escape pods to leave or join her as a member of her new Tempest. Marky and Roe contact Zetar, but is quickly interrupted by Lorna, who arrives aboard the Restitution, which she has renamed the Lorna D. Along with her new Tempest, she wants to discuss what the next steps are for the Nile. So that does it. There's your plot synopsis for Tempest Runner. Now, I want y'all to rate this audio drama from 1 to 10 like we usually do and give me any initial thoughts. Um, Corey, you first, sir. Yeah, I will. You know, so funny enough, I actually really enjoyed this book. So there was lots of uh, lots of jokes about it that I've seen online. One of my favorites was Bronchitis, a Star Wars story. (laughs) 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 Because audio dramas have, if you've never listened to an audio drama, they have lots of sound effects and that sort of thing. And Pan Ada is like freaking dying of some horrific lung disease in this book. The whole time, (laughs) the whole book. So literally every scene that he's in, he's like. Like, it's, like, intense coughing the whole friggin' time. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's very good. But I, I really enjoyed this this book. Like, I think uh, I think this book is, is, like, maybe second to Dooku Jedi Lost for me as far as, like, my favorite audio dramas. Um, but it was very good. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it a great deal. I love a good villain story. I'm a sucker for that. 
thought it was original. Thought the plot moved well. I loved the back and forth flashbacks. Like it wasn't at all jarring. Like it felt natural. Like I I really enjoyed it. So I would give this book like an eight point eight. Eight point eight. Nice. That's a strong strong start. Yeah. Awesome, Wes. What do you think? <clears throat> Um, I'm going to give this audio drama an 8.1. Um, again, I thought it was it was a great story. Um, I kind of got lost in uh, some of the transitions, but after I started listening to it a second time, it was easier to um, to to kind of <clears throat> pick out Tasia and uh, and Lorna D. That was kind of mm-hmm. that was kind of tough mm-hmm. in the beginning when they were in the um, the med bay. But um, no, I thought it was. I mean, it was it was good. It was really good, and um, we got to know. How Ascaro actually died because they mm-hmm. before then we did yeah, we did yeah, not know cool. that. Um, and if you had listened to the audio book of the last um, the the last High Republic book that came out, that mm-hmm. it's the same voice, same voice that does Panada. Yeah. So you're listening to him at the bar in the very beginning. And you're like, wait a second, that's Pan. And <laughs> yeah. then he's like reveals himself in like the beginning. You think you're a lot smarter than everybody else, but. Uh, anyways <laughs> very very good very good audio drama i love these audio dramas especially and they didn't overdo it with the music in this one where they mm-hmm. kind of like throw yeah. in leia's uh theme or luke's theme in there they it didn't overdo it time right yeah they didn't yeah. overdo it at all so they did a really good job with that so i i appreciated yeah. that from whoever the content makers were for that yeah Pan Ada is like massacring a small town and like yoda and the younglings is in the background you're <laughs> yeah. like oh. <laughs> all right so we got two eight plus uh ratings so far eric what did you think um i'm gonna go uh i'll go 8.2 for this one um not as intentionally because west did 8.1 but i was i was thinking (laughs) 8.2 because i also did enjoy it quite a bit i also got a bit lost at at a decent amount of points during especially at the end when there was a lot of alliances and betrayals and i was like okay okay so who was on what team and in what time period were they on that team? Cause that also yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. And I just got, and I think that when hopefully this becomes a script book as well, I'm very much looking forward to going after it and just having that like list of characters and like read that a little bit, which I didn't quite feel as much in Dooku and Afra Cause Afra was more so like just Afra, And it was a story mm-hmm. that we already knew. Um, yeah. I think Dooku was just a little bit more clear on that, but I still, again, I, Everything you guys have said, I basically agree with. I like the villain origin story of it. The action I thought was super fun, especially at the beginning. Like that battle was so visceral. Um, yeah. With the with the Republic, I really liked that, and I think that it humanized Lorna without making her like a good guy. Like she's still a, a villain at the end of it, and I and I liked that because I, I thought that you know yeah. she's too powerful just to be like, well, I'm actually full of love and light. It's like, eh, yeah, I yeah, mean, right. you're not a psycho, but you're still gonna kill a lot of people. So I, I did enjoy it. Uh, a little bit of clarity would have helped me bump it up a little more, but a solid 8.2. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with everything y'all have said <laughs> as well. I'm going to give it an 8.0. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice, quick Star Wars story. It did what I think it needed to in really fleshing out the character of Lorna D. She's the one of the Tempest Runners that I was the most interested in out of any of them, <laughs> so it was great to get that story. Um, don't want I the agree. Z-Tar audio drama? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't need that. I don't need that. Pan was always my second favorite, so it was great to have him come back too. Oh, yeah, it worked out great for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it did. But but yeah, I agree. Sometimes it was a little easy to get lost. Sometimes 
I, I totally get, and we're going to come around to this, but I totally get how flashbacks work really well for these type of stories, but sometimes mm-hmm. they feel really forced. Like that moment I laughed at in my plot synopsis where Pan <laughs> yeah. finally had Lorna on the ropes like he's wanted, and he decides to reminisce about how they first met. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. kind of moments yeah. can, can feel forced to me, but the story overall was great, um, and, I, and I'm really happy that we got it. So Yeah. Perfect. So we're all like at least nice. – an eight. So this is yeah, clearly a strong yeah. showing. Yeah. As I'm, I'm not surprised because sure. it's Kevin and it's an audio drama. Like, of course. Um, yeah. So Corey, you kind of already answered this, and Eric, you a little bit too. But just definitively, as as our first question here, where does this rank? Where does Tempest Runner rank among, amongst all of the audio dramas that we've gotten for you? Let's let's refresh too. How many do we have? Three. We have three. Dooku, yes. We have three. Okay. Dooku, right, so Dooku lost. The Afra and this book. Those are yeah. true audio dramas. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the others, uh-huh. that means there's full casts. It's not the same as just an audio book. Like there's a ton of right. actors, yeah. a ton, a ton right. more artists are are yeah. part of this. Uh, this and media. it's it's just a and it's just a different style too, right? It's oh, not yeah, it's like, like a, a play. book, right? Yeah. It's, right. It doesn't it doesn't say. And then Lorna D said it's just an right. actress. It's a, that it's is a radio Lorna drama that that's it. not on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, this is going to sound weird, but I think it'll make sense to y'all. I think I rank this third, but I don't rank it last. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like <laughs> saying, because I feel like saying that it's last makes this weird sound like, oh, it's bad. It's like a two, but it's actually a six. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I just think, I mean, Dooku Jedi Lost, I think, even though it was the first one that like introduced us to the format, I think was just in, insanely good. And I think I just also yeah. gravitate more to Jedi stories. <clears throat> so that was sure. great. And then Afra. Emily Wu Zeller's singular performance, I think, is still the most impressive single single performance we've had out of all of them. And yeah. knowing that story from the comics, I think, helped a lot of the issues that I maybe had following. Because I'm like, oh, I know what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I think this one is still very good. It just didn't have those additives for me. So I go Dooku, Afra, Tempest Runner. But they're very close. Okay. Do you yeah, all agree? That's, that's tough. Because <laughs> this part. is, you know, this is like real fresh on our minds, right? And so mm-hmm. we and we wanted to hear it feel and read and hear some of these reveals that we didn't know about. Um, And we kind of already knew the story with Afra, right? Um, But it sounds like we're all putting Dooku Jedi Lost as the first, as the best. Yeah, I think so. Um, Clearly. And, but I liked, I liked uh, Dr. Afra and I like this one probably equally. So I'll put them at two, a tie for second. Nice. (laughs) I I would, I would honestly, funny enough, almost put this one tied for first personally. And like, I, I, I like, like there were noticeable things that I did not like about the Afro book mm-hmm. and like this book, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think it's, it's funny about like, uh, there's lots of different responses to audio dramas and like, yeah. I'm in some Facebook groups for star Wars stuff and, and people's criticisms are so weird to me that they have about books and stuff. And they're like, I couldn't tell any of the characters apart and it, I couldn't focus and I kept having to rewind. And this, it's funny how, different people's brains work and there's mm-hmm. lots of variables probably involved in your listening experience and like i listened to this book while distracted mm-hmm. working on my trailer like painting and doing really repetitive tasks and i did not get distracted at all i didn't have to rewind a single time mm-hmm. i didn't have any trouble telling anybody's voices apart not a single time mm-hmm. so like for me i'm like oh wow they did it right yeah. like they they, <laughs> yeah. they they did the audio drama in like the perfect way where and then like i see lots of people are like having trouble with it and stuff. So, you know, I think 
there's a lot of things to consider. I've been on a huge audiobook kick in the last like mm-hmm. two months because I've been doing a lot of trailer work and I would much rather listen to an audiobook while I'm working out there and just screwing stuff in and fixing stuff, like doing repetitive tasks and listening to music. So, you know, this is like my fourth in like a long stream of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Maybe my brain was already in the audiobook place, right? Sure. When I got to this one. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I I really rank it up there high. Like Kevin Scott is an unbelievable writer yeah. like when it comes oh, to yeah. audio dramas yeah. like it's for very scripting, clear that it's he's a got it's a different skill. yes yeah it is for sure so you take yeah. in audiobooks better when you're fixing and screwing got it okay. excellent yep that's right so <laughs> that is correct i will also say it's interesting that for, for for me i think i i take them in better when i'm like walking the dog is my perfect audiobook listening because i'm not really focusing on other tasks but i'm mm-hmm. still because i think my brain I mean, call it 2021 20, millennial, whatever. Like, if I'm listening to something, I'm like, I can't just listen to a thing. I can't just listen to a record. I can't just listen to a book. Like, I have, oh, because I'm listening, I can do other things. And then I get distracted a little more, which I think is my own thing. But I think if I just, like, go on a walk, future audio dramas, I want to, like, go on a walk around the neighborhood or just, like, do something that's less. Um, yeah. Like, I tried to do this, like, while I was at work for part of it. And I was like, Oh, that's tough. I'm looking at mortgage rates and yeah. listening to Jedi. Like that's that's uh, a little yeah, confounding. I, I have, like I've never been able to understand the way that you can multitask, Eric. Like listen to audiobooks and do work. Like, that is like not possible. For me. I don't like, recommend. If I'm it, having to read or frankly. doing anything else, like <laughs> like I can't do it. Like so, I mean, it takes menial tasks. I'm kind of with you. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's yeah. why I, I got it this mm-hmm. time. Is because like I was just menial. I was doing specific menial tasks. It's short too, right? So, yeah, it's really short. You know. it's the shortest one by a bit. Especially when you listen to it like at 1.6 times, like you do. For you. <laughs> Never. It's, med- it's it's medical school's fault. <laughs> I don't know how to process information at a normal speed. Well, so I just kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious, what do y'all think of the framing of Star Wars audio dramas in general? Not even just this one, but again, all of them seem to have a present-day story that's just kind of peppered with flashbacks, right? And that particular structure has actually been less favored with written novels, right? When we got things yeah. like Last Shot, there were there were a lot of comments, at oh, least about right. how the structure was a little bit jarring, jumping yeah. through the timeline, not that last shot wasn't fantastic, but does it work better to do that with audio dramas? Like, is it is it more easily palatable for you? I okay. So I think the first thing to say is like we have three different perspectives that have been provided with with audio dramas so far, right? With Duke mm-hmm. of Jedi Lost, it was somebody else like telling the story, right? It was from Ventress's point of view, kind of, right? So and then she was like reading all this stuff and watching all these like holograms and everything of like what the past was happening. So it was kind of from her point of view, right? Then the Afro book is like, she's narrating this weird self-centered autobiography thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, so it's that type of thing. And then this story stands out to me because it's like, it's like from, it's like an autobiography, right? Like mm-hmm. it is her story, but she's not like telling it the way the Afro yeah. was. It's like, it's her being in the present day and then her being back in time, telling yeah. her origin stories, which, in my opinion, this version is the best yeah. version, okay. I think. Like, yeah. like getting getting the person's point of view, like, it just feels like it's from their point of view, right? But it's not like the in this... therapist trope in TV shows, like, where they're, like, they're talking to the therapist, like, then what happened? And then you get, like, the woo-woo-woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you watch the <laughs> Exactly. <scene. laughs> that's, that's what it is. Exactly. Literally, there's yeah, a therapist yeah, yeah. in this book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I mean, I, I, I like that structure, yeah. I think, the best. And, you know, I've, I've personally kind of always been a big fan of, like, the back-and-forth nature of, mm-hmm. of books. A lot of Legends books are like that. A lot of Legends books are like that. Like, like so, I mean, I've always been a big fan of that. I like the back-and-forth flashbacks. I think the structure works well. I didn't interpret a lot of the flashbacks the way you did either, Charles. Like, you felt like it was weird, like, when Pan Ada, like... Stop to that reminisce. One, I mean, that one was weird to me. Uh, Isn't yeah, she yeah, trapped that, uh, under something? And they're yes. just like, yeah, all right, let's talk it. about what happened years and I, ago. I get it, but it's also like it's also like like D and D rules, right? Yeah. So like every 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 what is it? Rotation in combat is like six seconds yeah. or something like that. that. That's how I was like, you know, they didn't have a forty-five minute conversation right there. They had like a. <laughs> A three-minute conversation where he said something like, "Hey, remember when we met?" And she's like, "Yeah, that sucked." And they moved on, right? Like, that's actually what that's happened. A bad first right? impression. That's true. But that's like, fair. it's the, it's the it's the Star Wars story, yeah. right? So we mm-hmm. had to tell the yeah. whole story, right? So I don't know. That's that's how I interpreted <laughs> yeah. it, but that's funny. I'm with you, you know, on that. I, I like the the setup of this one more. Like, I honestly, I for, I forget constantly about the Af- about the uh, uh, Asajj Ventress part of Dooku Jedi Lost. Because I, I it's just not yeah, really a key mm-hmm. part of it. It wasn't it wasn't very good in times too. Like it was just, it was yeah. somewhat distracting. And you're like, all right, all right, get back to the yeah. flashbacks, right? And I think like- <laughs> as, as, as we're getting used to the auto dramas more, I think we're just trusting the characters like in this one to kind of hold it more. And I think mine my preference is way more technical. Like I want the ages of the characters to be drastically different. In the audio oh, format, yeah, because fair. that's why. Du- right, so they're very, very different. Yeah, yeah. Dooku helped me a ton because, like, clearly a kid, clearly an adult. So I knew where we yeah, were. Whereas this fair. one, like, the the Lorna the voice accents. actress, yeah, and it, and they were like in the same realm of voice tenor, and I'm like, ooh, unless I hear like then now, like some of the books do, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that's when I got a little lost. But that being said, if they do that with the actors, I agree, Corey. I like this template better than a, a overall frame story um unless you do have someone as charismatic as afra or emily Wuzeller that is like yeah. i want to listen to you just chill for six hours be- but i feel like that that's very hard to grasp on a single character yeah yeah for sure right um so given that this is an audio drama this is a full performance by a whole cast of people i have to ask the question were there any standout performances for you in this book like was it was it pan who Wes? you mentioned that that voice actor jumped out to you immediately you, mm-hmm. you recognized it was it getting asgar Rowe? did you really like actually hearing from lorna d first person for that length of time like did and, and i i don't have a list of the cast here maybe we can pull it up just to actually give credit where credit's due but did any mm-hmm. particular character performance jump out to you uh, you know the funny one that I I was like trying to remember like all the characters who was a good and believable character to me. I think one of my favorites was uh, who was Lorna's like like boyfriend or whatever that betrayed Bala. her. Bala. 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 Sullivan Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sullivan Jones playing. I really liked that character. Like like when he when he flipped sides or whatever and totally betrayed Lorna. That I didn't see dope. that coming that at dope. all. Yeah. Like I didn't see it at all. Mm-hmm. So like he was playing her big time in sure. that whole introductory scene, mm-hmm. and I'm like. That was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've like, like Star Wars books, we've read hundreds of them at this point, yeah. right? Like, it's like, 
they're pretty predictable at times. So that took me for a loop. I wasn't expecting that to happen. I was expecting the, the classic orphan trope of like you run away together and mm -hmm. then you have some kind of disagreement and you split up or something. But no, she like screwed her <laughs> Straight over. Straight up like, hard. in the back. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's like, yeah, let me, let me pretend to help you, but actually sell you into slavery. Like, holy yeah, and shit. Yeah, take over your like, planet, essentially. Yeah, they exactly. were, yeah, they like, were like in love. They told each other, hey, yeah, I yes. love you. Straight like, up. I yes. love you too. Yeah. And, and he wrecked her, dude. <laughs> You can't trust me. I think men. kill your whole family and then Straight sell you up. into slavery. That's, like that's I don't a know way that worse I've never seen such a horrible. I love you than I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I killed your whole family and sold you into slavery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I liked him. I liked him a good deal. I think Lorna D definitely took took over as like the the main standout performance in this book. Sure. Um, one, but the one performance that I couldn't get a, away from was Tasia. Because she oh sounds, she sounds like the Russian dodgeball player from Dodgeball. Oh, Fran, <laughs> Pyle? Fran, yeah, yeah. Fran Stalinov. I, I I put the name in the chat. Oh my God, so, the last name is so long, but yeah, she sounds <laughs> like. Holy crap! Is that real? <laughs> she sounds like just a 50 like character last name, right like there. a like incredible. an uh, an old Russian large woman. That, wow. <laughs> And every one of they, she didn't sound anything like I've heard a Twi'lek speak. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Ever. All right. Tasia. Tasia was like. Uh, Tasia was like. Um, oh, who's the who's the lady? Uh, uh, Dolores Umbridge in Harry Potter for me. Okay. Like, how bad did you want Lorna D to kill her out oh, multiple yeah. times in this oh, book? Yeah, yeah. She yep. was so awful. It like, was just crazy. like shut the hell up. They're gonna kill us. It was just. Yeah. I, lo I love this was Franz Stelanovskovich yeah. Davidovichki. That's what <laughs> there it is. Perfect. Bridget. Holy shit. I didn't know you'd be able to pronounce uh, that. That's wonderful. Well, you Russian. I'm going to cheat here and go, go to the review uh, that I wrote. Cause I remember writing this uh, about who I liked a lot. Uh, Bala was in there. Um, I really like counselor Wittick. I thought Dan Bittner did a great job with him. Yep. I thought, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Davis's Asgar Rowe was especially really cool. And yeah. I gotta say, I felt some type of way about Saskia Marvel's Avar Chris. Y'all like that. Just, she came on and I was like, hello, Avar Chris. <laughs> One, I love the character, but two, I mean, she did the first alphabet squadron book which I absolutely loved of her, her reading of it. I think she was my favorite of the three. And for some reason, her Avar Chris, when she started speaking, I'm like, yes, ma'am. What do you, what, what do you, what would you like? What, what can I do for you? How can I help you? This is great. Can we Your have a whole thing about this? <laughs> yeah. But it, like, it just, it, it was so interesting seeing Avar for me, because it was a small part of this book where the Jedi, but the Jedi parts I thought were really great yeah. because we've been really reading about Avar for almost a year now. And I've seen her in the comics, and, yep. I, and now to hear the voice was kind of surreal. And I'm like, please, anytime that we do an audiobook with Avar Chris again, I don't want to hear – again, Mark Thompson, I love you. You're great. I don't want to hear Mark Thompson doing Avar Chris's voice again, doing like a high-pitched whatever thing. Just cut and yeah. paste Saskia Barfeld's <laughs> voice. That's all I need. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately, and we've said this before, and, you know, we love Mark Thompson. He's such an unbelievably good performer, yeah. and something about his performances are just his, utterly his incredible. His Pan Ada was great. His Mark Yanro was great. Mm -hmm. Like Something about skier. young women in Mark Thompson's voice. I just can't do it, Didn't man. It. I just can't do it. Didn't it's too for anime for me. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it just takes me out a little bit. That's fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> 
and shout out to because correct me if I'm wrong, it is the same Jonathan Davis that has narrated like nigh a million Star Wars books before. Not Jonathan Davis from Corn. Not that Jonathan Davis from Corn. It would be super cool if it was. Not my biology professor in college who didn't think I was going to become a doctor, Jonathan Davis. Who is also from Corn, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, y'all, we learned a lot about Lorna's past in this story, and most of it wasn't really pretty, right? Her family was murdered in a coup. She was sold into slavery. She was harassed by uh, other cadets at a Republic Academy, etc. Did any of that actually make you sympathetic towards her? I would like to take this question. The answer is yes. Hard yes. Okay. (laughs) And Uh listen, guys. I might turn out to be a supervillain one day. I'm just going to say Turn out like, to be? <laughs> one day? <laughs> oh, sure. I, sorry, sorry. I, I mean, I, sorry, let's take that back. Ready? No. What? <laughs> Are you looking for a right-hand man? <laughs> <laughs> if I was Wes, I can say this without question. Of the four of us here, it would be you. Yes. The answer is... <laughs> Don't try it, Corey. And then Charles I and I would really. take you down. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I am I am such a sucker for a villain story. I don't know what it is. I just finished Darth Plagueis, which I I have have said is the holy holy grail of Star Wars books at this point. Ten out of ten performance. I'm in the middle of Tarkin, also by James Luceno. Also, absolutely loving it. Like. <laughs> Man, villains, guys. I don't know what it is, but like I remember I remember when um when I think it was Force Awakens was coming out, like when they when we first learned about all the actors that were going to be in it, there was some kind of panel. I think it was a celebration in Orlando, I believe, and they brought out all the cast, let them answer some questions, and like whoever was narrating, you know, or doing the commentary or whatever, like asked Adam Driver a question. He said something <laughs> like, "Like, so you play the evil character in this in this movie? Like, what are your thoughts? What are your motivations? That sort of thing." And he like, you know, Adam Driver, he's like such a profound kind of dude when he talks. Yeah. He is. He really is cerebral, and he he says something. This long description about like how evil is like a point of view, and I don't think that he feels or Kylo Ren feels like he's evil. It's like he feels like he's just in his actions and all this type of thing. And I'm like, that speaks to me, man. Like I don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah. but something about Lorna D. Like, of course, she feels like like the galaxy has betrayed her, and she's all yeah. these horrible experiences, and like everybody's been trying to force this life for her, and like I. I loved it. I thought it. I thought it makes her a believable character. It makes the Nihil not just this crazy, bloodthirsty bunch of hoodlums, right? Mm-hmm. Like her, like scavengers, kind of like uh, uh, what's the what's the desert car movie? Uh, uh, Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah. Like it's not. It's not. It's not just you know these barbaric right, right, people right. with no morality or motivations that they only care about money and only money. Like, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. It was more than that. It made it deep for me. So I I loved it. I thought it was very good. Very good. Yeah. I mean, there's a series of events that turned her into who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially when the first the first event is her family being killed, like, in front of her. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, could, yeah, Couldn't dude. she, like, yeah. somebody, like, trip her or push her down the stairs first before something like <laughs> yeah, that happens? Like, nope. First straight to family death. <laughs> yeah, first I know. they kill I know. her family. So, I mean, you can sympathize because you don't know what, what she would turn into if somebody... Yeah. Just completely murders your family in front, and she yeah. didn't even seem that upset. She could have become Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. No, no less. Okay. <laughs> yeah. talked about, right? She could have become Luke yeah. Skywalker. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. I, 
And I, I agree. I thought it was really interesting to see her journey from there because I think in a weird way, in the real world, we're getting so used to, like, the villains of the world being just <laughs> rich assholes that life has been fine and they just want power. The Hitlers. Yeah, right? that's yeah. boring. Whereas, like, <clears throat> if you watch someone be suffer and suffer and suffer, then you're kind of like, okay. Right. I don't want Sidious her to kill. is a good villain. Yeah. Darth Vader is a good villain. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want them to kill a bunch of people. But, like, I mean, there's so m- I'd be mad, too. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> once you can track the things that have happened to her, it's, that's why I really loved the spotlight they put on, like, therapy and, like, talking out trauma in this book, which I thought was very prescient. That was interesting. Um, yeah. And, and how, like. They're like, it's not going to fix everything, but how she was like, oh, I can just talk out my trauma. And he's like, yeah, that's awful. That's terrible. Of course it is. And I think that spoke a lot to her character as well. And even though at the end she's going off to do her own thing, I think it showed a lot of why villains do what they do. Like, why do people join gangs? It's for community. It's for safety. Why do people do horrible things? Because horrible things have been done to them. And she plays within the rules for so long. Mm -hmm. So she's like, great. The rules don't work. Because I keep getting screwed. So I will break the rules. Ooh, I'm not getting screwed anymore. I will continue to do that. And I thought it was... I still think she's going to get taken down eventually. But I think it was a really interesting way to bring her to the next phase, if you will. Yeah, Yeah, and the uh, the other thing I was going to add, too, is that's like... It was almost kind of like a meta discussion of the book, too, right? Like, with the whole prison guards and all that kind of thing of, like... Like, is there such thing as redemption? Like... Should we feel sorry for her? Is she going to turn? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, by the end of the book, I was not sure if she was going to remain a villain, right? Were you guys like... No, isn't that fun, though? Not really. That's so yeah. cool. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's very uh, very Alphabet Squadron vibes, especially with yes. the Squadron. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? Tries yeah. With some like of those heavy, heavy questions about what is good, story. what is evil, mm-hmm. what is redemption. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, loved it. Well, Wes, I have to ask you specifically... You know, Lorna D was not the only character. She was the titular character in this in this audio drama, but not the only character. And I got to know, how stoked were you for the return of Appa Rancisis? Like, was it oh, everything I, I, that you hoped for? <laughs> a young Appa Rancisis? Relatively. A, a vibrant, yeah, I know. Young, um, I, hot. Yeah, it was sexually <laughs> charged. <laughs> It was super cool to, to to read about him in a book and have like a main part in a actual story, and and I think it even alluded to him the way he was moving around. I think somewhere in that in the yeah in the script yeah, yeah. it she, said it about the way he was moving like serpentine like or something yeah. like that. Serpentine. So, uh-huh. so. <laughs> yeah, Lorna D had some kind of funny comment about him of like that that. I don't know, that slithery, slithery old bastard yeah. or something like that. I don't know. She called him something funny that made me laugh yeah. out loud. I wanted <laughs> so much more of him in this book. Like, I, le- yeah. like legit, every single time that he showed up, I was like, I want this. I know we got to go forward with, like, the gangs and whatever. I I just wanted more of him. He was. Uh-huh. I, I never yeah. in my life – I'm not going to say that we made this happen. But I'm just going to say, <laughs> since Wes drafted him, he has shown up a remarkable amount of times in Father Somebody, yeah, I mean, well, like, Somebody uh, was going to draft Wes's... him, but I right. drafted him rather high, and that's yes. probably why it happened that way. Team Geriatrics. In, Here we in are. Your defense, in your defense, there are very few people that are around that we already know about. Yeah. Like, we got Yoda and Operensis and uh, Yaddle. the Yaddle. old guy, Yaddle, and then the old guy with, with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. What's Terrace the guy's name? Sanu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that guy. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah. he was great. Yeah. And but, I also like when I was listening to it, I missed how she transferred out of that friendship to a mercenary life. And I was like, oh man, I wish I would have like. <clears throat> I want now him to call her out as they go forward. Like I, th- I hope that comes back in a big well, way. They face each other. That would somehow. be great. That would be cool. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, he's still around, obviously. Uh, of later on, but when she they, ain't. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, not, not like that much. Three hundred years, as far as we no, no, know. No, no. What I'm saying <laughs> as is, far as we know. <laughs> he's still around. Well, after where we see him in this book, and he's aware yeah, of right. the Nile, and right. he thinks that Lorna D is. <laughs> their leader because that's what the Jedi council thinks in general She's right now right. after, yeah. After the events of tempest or, uh, uh the rising yeah. storm, which is everything. a bit of a weird, which is a weird thing that they, they did. Like, I don't specifically remember that happening in like a big way in the first book, right? Was the first book they thought it, no, it was Kevin's at the end of the rising this is what storm. I'm saying. Think it. Yes. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah, like, but Bell, not like a, I think bell said it to, load in yeah it was such a casual drop or something dumb like the first time we found out the leaders but they've like really harped on this now yeah. like everybody in thinks the this comics too this they've been, confirmed it multiple yeah. times yep yeah yep. yeah which yep. is like weird to me because there wasn't like some kind of big event where they found out it was one d i don't know that still weirds me out that i cannot place in my mind why they think that like it it feels like it should be a page turning story <laughs> but it's not yeah. so yeah. i don't know it's weird to yeah. me that's fair well Let's talk about other Tempest Runners here. I'm curious, how did everyone here feel about the return of Pan? And and did you find yourself rooting for him or for Lorna? I want him to die. Lorna. I was so <laughs> yeah. ready for him to die. I have been ready for Pan, Pan sucks, to die. Dude. I love <laughs> I mean, Pan. I, 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 I think he's fun. Dude, I hate him, dude. He's I'm a cockroach. I like him. Yeah. I mean, he sucks, so but I like So many times. Him. Yeah, I, would, I, wanted to see, I wanted to see how he would... He would wiggle out of this one too, right? Because he—I yeah. mean, he barely got away in uh, in the rising yeah. storm. Yep. And so, and then obviously, I spoiled myself for the reveal of Pan because of <laughs> listening to the audiobook for the, the rising voice, storm. Right? Yeah. But um, uh, like he was—he had to have gotten away during this, right? Like he had to have gotten away, and then they, and you know, Lorna just, you know. Well, like, he got him. electrocuted. Thought he was gonna die. Okay. Then he yeah. exploded. Now that was gonna die. Okay. Then he has like lung cancer or something. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I thought I was gonna die. And then like a, a, a ship falls on him. Man, I thought I was gonna I die. Got bronchitis. Like, I will be honest. <laughs> the I, smoke it got me. <laughs> I, I I listened to this audio drama. I think almost two months ago now. I don't remember if he dies in this. Is he alive at the end of this? Lorna. No. Lorna okay. kills him at the end. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> But he is like it's like Kenny in South Park. Panetta is the Kenny of Star Wars. We're like, you yeah. kill Panetta. It's like, well, who hasn't? The good reference. Good reference. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe he'll come back as as Panetta the White after this. <laughs> but Pan means bread, which means he's just white bread, which is funny too. Wow. So, oh god, bread. you're so proud of that. I oh am my proud of that. god. I really, I really like Pan. Uh, he deserved to die ever since he punched that big Biff head in the hallway when he was escaping at oh the God, end yeah. of... Uh, <laughs> For <laughs> real! Yeah. His own guy! But, oh, yeah, he sucks, dude. But I, he's I like, can't he's help like Bernard. Bernard. Decisions. That was my name. I really like his voice. The yeah, voice. the voice actor did an incredible job. Incredible yeah. job. Yeah. And, and you voice. know, I was surprised, actually, at how quickly they brought him back because when he escaped on his escape yeah. pod and was going back to... Whatever, Dowood or however yeah. it's pronounced. Yeah. I was like, oh, so like he's gonna come back in like 
phase three or whatever. Like he's just gonna yeah. come back full force and like be a, a, a third party to this whole war. Yeah. No, he came back like an hour later. The next <laughs> project, yeah. literally. So I, I was yeah, hoping that- he would play a bigger part, but he he played his part well. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised they killed him off. He'd have been a good. He'd have been a good aside or a, a, like a secondary story in, in one of these novels. Yeah. Just, like just to be a thorn in the side of either Lorna or Markeon Rowe. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I would argue that maybe the biggest thing that came out of this book is that we finally learned the answer to a question that was posed all the way back in Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell. And that was who killed Asgar Rowe, right? Mm-hmm. All of the Tempest Runners were accused at one point or another Cassive was the one Marky and Roe believed to be responsible. Were you surprised to learn that it was actually Lorna who was the murderer? And do you think Marky and May ever discover that fact? Well, here's the thing I'm confused with. Because in The Rising Storm, wasn't there a flashback where Markion was like, he came in to see his... He finished the job, right? Because he found yes. his father had been stabbed. So Markion... Actually, for the for, for the legal reason, Markian killed him. <laughs> yeah, he so didn't start he, the murder. But he, he found a it. bleeding out Asgard Rowe okay. in his throne room and basically okay. curb stomped him into oblivion. Great, yes, because because he, he died by the second one, but he did it like seven. Yes, exactly. So, which I love. So I love. I'll, we love that for you, patricide. Um, but we love we love some good old patricide. However, uh, I don't mind Lorna killing Asgard. I thought it was fun. I think that it it, it was a good character. I thought moment it was for fun. Her. Yeah, it was fun. Only on a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, it was cool among us. Uh, but I think it was it was a cool moment for her because it gets her some agency. It gets her like dramatically to have a lot more like stake in her own destiny. I guess because I like that she yeah. followed the path, followed the path, and was able to kind of coldly calculate that she needed him out of the way. Um, Without sacrificing her relationship to Markian because Markian wanted to kill him anyway. So I liked the moment. I don't think it did. It wasn't like earth shattering, I guess. Because I feel like when like Kasev killed him and we met Kasev, I'm like, I don't think Kasev did anything. He was gonna murder. He was gonna murder Asgore, but then he got hot. That's that's Kasev. Yeah, I think it definitely made sense to say. I think it made sense that he that she killed him. Or yeah, start, I mean, she, she began the murder that was finished later. Okay. If, if it were me, and I and I took that information <clears throat> to to Argon about the Tempest like plotting against him, and he told me, "Hey, what the hell are you doing? Like, you think I'm going to reward you for this information you gave me that we would like go off and and be the Nile yeah. together? <clears throat> I I would have such a grudge with this man that I would <laughs> I would totally." <clears throat> not in real life. I would kill him. But not- <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, but I would kill him. Dead. Right, Corey? Villains, right? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Justified death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Agreed. All right. All right. So no one too surprised. I really loved this part. I actually was kind of shocked. I don't know why. In my head, I always assumed that it was Pan. I felt like he's the kind of dude that would do it. I can see that. Um, I've kind of felt like Lorna was maybe too smart to make a move that big, but it turns out she was actually so smart she knew how to make a move that big. So mm-hmm. that that was fun, and I agree it does make sense for her character. It had been it had been cooler if it was Zetar. 
<laughs> Time to die. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that Zitar plays the guitar? Oh, god. oh my god, absolutely. No, he plays it's the guitar. He has to. And that's it for everybody. We're, that's the end of that's the end of the show. I th- yeah. I think the only thing <laughs> that would have surprised me more than Lorna D being the murderer of Asgore Rowe is if it was John Cena. That's probably the only thing that would have. Oh my god, been more okay. we're only in phase one. His name is John Cena. There it I is. I had it queued up there. <laughs> Oh, twice. Okay, sorry. I I thought it would be a stop by pressing it again. Just let it happen, Corey. Just let it happen. Sorry, sorry, guys. Well, speaking of speaking of that, you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. Uh, To quote a reasonably well-known playwright, "What's in a name?" And in all seriousness, very good. Let's let's talk about the theme of the power behind names in this story. Because sure. Lorna D uses several different aliases throughout, and each time she kind of shapes a new identity around that name. She actually does kind of change her words, her actions, her her personality in some respects. And by the end of the story, when she affirms her path as a leader of the Nile, she makes a point of saying no one should forget the name Lorna D. How did you view that aspect of her journey? Her really coming into the name Lorna D, accepting it, and and using that as her calling card moving forward. I, I love that. I don't have. I'm gonna say something brief about it because I want to hear you guys. I loved it because I love how thematically her shifting identity was used within this audio drama. I love that every time she met someone, she had a new identity, and she kept moving it around and never really had a sense of purpose. And at the end, it's like, you know what? I am making these decisions for my life. I am the one that is killing these people. I am the one deciding that if I'm innocent or not. I decide what I do. No one else does for me. And I'm going to brag about it. That's my name on the ship. It's my name on the Tempest. And, yep, it's me. Like, it's just such a, a amazing reclamation of power and identity. And I thought it was weird in Light of the Jedi when we first heard about it. Like, okay, that's the name. But after this, this is, this is my most impactful <clears throat> moment at the end when she is like, name it it's me it's it's the game of thrones moment it's like tell cersei i want her to know it was me mm. it is i love that part <laughs> yeah i was a big fan i was a big fan of that and, and like to make the whole name thing like a recurring theme in the story was was i feel like a, a pretty fine line to walk like it could have been dumb and cheesy and not really done well mm-hmm. but like i thought it was i thought it was done really, really well kind of throughout like i mean like the fact that in the in the early parts of the story, like the slavers were like, she, she's like, don't you know who I am, or whatever, and and, and they're like, shut the hell up, right? Yeah. You know, we don't care who you don't are. Like, yeah, exactly. And I thought that was cool, and it mm-hmm. it made it impactful, and it made it powerful for her. And I I really enjoyed that about the story. I thought it was done really well. Yeah. So like whenever whenever she goes <laughs> from place to place, goes back to her home world. And they see it's the Lorna D. Like, oh, we know who Lorna D is. We know what the ship is. We know who this person is. Because before, like you, like you said, Corey, and like you said, uh, Eric, she wasn't taken seriously all throughout her childhood, and right. I guess throughout her adolescence. Yeah. And then um, she she gains <laughs> a, a a type of prosperity, I guess, within the Nihil. Um, but you know, she she changed her name as a strategic point to, you know, not get in trouble and not be yeah. put, put to death. But she, as she goes through all these trials, even w- on that, uh, correctional, the correctional vessel, and she learns more and more about herself and how she, who she really is. Then yeah. Uh, 
keeping that name and letting everybody know, hey, I am Lorna D, and you will know who she is, too. I also like how yeah. they're like, this is a correctional vessel. It's like, this is a prison ship. No, it's correctional. a correctional vessel. It's <laughs> a prison ship. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, you know, I I thought that was a a pretty fun little small detail about the Republic that like like I think is bigger than a lot of people will kind of see it as, right? Is because we talked a lot early on when we were predicting what the High Republic was going to be, and even in our first roundtable in the first High Republic book about like how are we going to get from point A to point B, right. what we know in the in the prequels to be, which is the downfall of the Republic and this greedy bunch of senators that are all in it for themselves and like it's funny to see this like like that was the criticism of the Jedi. They were this weird, idealistic, like, not a reality view of the galaxy. And we have this prison ship, which is, like, everybody's trying real hard to not talk about it being a prison yeah. ship. Like, everybody can be rehabilitated. Like, yeah. we have we have literally somebody that was in the Night Hill that is probably responsible for the death of billions of people. Like, literally nobody in human history is responsible for as much death as this person is, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they, they can be redeemed. It's cool. They just yeah. need some therapy, right? Yeah, and like, we're like, going to give you therapy. You're going to do some community service on these planets. And then, yeah. like... And it's yeah. it's obviously naive. And, and it was, like, painted in that way mm -hmm. of, like... Of, like People are and people are starting to see that that this like we're all the Republic thing is a little naive and maybe not realistic and like we have the uh, uh, who is the main prison guard? Uh, uh, Councilor it's been a while since I've read it too. No. Yeah, Councilor yeah. Wittick. I think so, right? I think yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Councilor Wittick or whatever. Like he even had that whole commentary about like. You know, I, I need to know that this is not all a waste, right? That I still believe in this mission, right. that the cause is just and is worth it and all this type of thing. And, right, there is hope, right? And everybody's, get, like, really grasping on to this idea that there's hope in the galaxy. Yeah. And, like, somewhere between now and the prequels, that is lost, right? right. Like, there yeah. is no more hope, right? And, and uh, like... It's fascinating to me to see this, right? Because we don't have anything like this in the prequels. The galaxy is a dark place in the prequels. The dark side clouds everything, yeah. right? So to have this this idea of hope, and we're starting to see it fade in, in subtle ways. Like, it's not a very in-your-face, you know, the, the chancellor has been murdered on live TV, right? right. It's not that. It's, it's, a, it's people that have nothing to do with the politics and the state of the galaxy, like this prison ship, these guards and people that work there that we're starting to see the fabric of galactic reality fall apart, which is awesome to Ooh, me. The fabric I, I, of galactic reality. I like that. I'm a fan of yeah. that. That was nice. Yeah. And how big is this ship? It's a prison ship that holds hundreds, thousands yeah, it's, it's of like prisoners. A, these these it's galactic gigantic, vessels are and now giant. It's, yeah, and now it's hers. That's her, she. It, that is the Lorna D, and she yeah. she has yeah. this giant. I mean, it's not like it's not like the Millennium Falcon where you can fit like I don't know twelve people on it. This yeah, thing, no. It's was massive. this is a crew so, and baby. a full crew? Was this yeah. a and a full crew? She recruited the entire prison. Yeah, she yeah. did. So her that'd be great to see this as like an illustration or like in a like in a short art of book. <laughs> was yeah. this the first prison ship that we've seen since? Death Troopers. <clears throat> I was thinking Death Troopers. Like, I was, right? well, we saw we saw we saw a new Republic ship in Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what right, I was going right, to say. Right. Uh, which is right. what I was picturing in my head the whole time was that Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. that's legit. Yeah. That's legit. So, bringing things back to the name aspect, I'm not trying to bring up something controversial here, but I'm just curious: Did this stir up 
any connections to Ray taking the Skywalker name at the end of Rise of Skywalker? Like, I realize Lorna D was her given name when she was born, but I'm just curious if you drew any connections in terms of the power behind the name aspect. Oh, my God. First of all, how dare you? It's um, never crossed my mind. <laughs> no, it's never crossed my mind either. But no. somebody, something I did think of, if we're going to talk about movie references, yeah. is a Solo in the Solo movie, mm-hmm. the Star Wars yes. story, because yeah. he takes that name and then right. it becomes a key part of his identity. I did think about that a lot. Yep, that's a great um, one too. Yeah, well, I mean, names okay. are interesting, right? Because like I feel like for certain people, they mean very different things. Like for so long, it's been like your family name, right? Like keeping your family legacy has been such a thing, and and some people change their names. Some people like really hate their given names, and I think that. Ultimately, what the Rise of Skywalker and Solo and now Tempest Runner all show is that whatever attitude you have towards your name, it is your name. It's your identifier. Whether it was given to you by your your kin and you decide you want to uphold that. Whether it was your situation like Han that you just want to own up to. Or whether it's to honor the mentors that kind of guided you on like Ray. Like, that's your choice. It's your decision. And it's equally important no matter what it is. So I guess... It's more so seeing Star Wars go that way as a whole trajectory rather than this story individually. And I, I hadn't thought about that before you brought it up. But I think it really does all kind of knit together nicely. Okay. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, kind, of, it's, it's just kind of funny. I don't know that I've ever told you guys this. It's sort of a personal thing to bring up live on the show. Your given but, name is not Corey Hill. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it isn't. It wasn't, right? Actually, funny enough. Yeah, I know. Crazy. What? Uh, like, I have known you yeah, for over so, three years. I know, and I've never told we'll you guys call this before. You it's pretty wild. Darth wow. Vader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, fun fact I'm actually a Sith. All right. Yeah, no, so what? Yeah, for the first 18 years of my life, my last name was Fisher, funny enough. F I S C H E R. Wow. Corey Fisher. Yeah, and my parents split when I was really young, right? And so I had a different last name than basically the rest of my family. But when I turned 18, I took my, who I know is my dad, I took his last name, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was my father, was always around, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I took his last name and I became Corey Helton when I turned 18, which I was in the middle of high school. So it's kind of weird yeah, right? to be thing. this person like forever and then change my name. But yeah, yeah. So I, I can kind of relate to this a little That's bit, awesome. right? Wow. Of like owning the name and that sort of thing. It's it's pretty interesting. I don't think you fish. Do you fish? No, I hate fishing. Yeah, so there enough. you go. It doesn't make any fucking that's, sense. That's uh, the origin of that name, though, right? Pro- You're well, supposed to be C H E R. I don't know what what that means. Yeah, means like if else, your last but... name was Baker, you should you were Baker. Be in the kitchen. Well, fun fun fact: Eilerson <laughs> means I was wow. the son of a man named Eiler. That's it. But in Dan- but in Denmark, it was S E N instead of S O N, which is why everyone spells my name wrong, even on work so- emails. Nice. <laughs> Um, Wes, this is your chance to own up to the fact that your real first name's Carl. <laughs> no? All right. No. Charles, do you want us to call you Chuck now going forward? Is that what you want to be? Exclusively, oh, please. Exclusively. Chuck Hank? Yep. Chuck what, 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 what are y'all's middle names? We've oh, never discussed God. Here we go. Tell me your middle whoa, name whoa. right now. Charles, that reaction makes you really want to know yours. <laughs> no, I, yeah. this is just always a thing. So, so, all right, here, let's play a quick game. My middle name starts with a P. What is it? E- everyone gets Peter. a guess. Not Peter, not Penelope, shockingly. <laughs> I thought of literally Paul. multiple inappropriate I'm things. I'm sure that you did. As soon as asked the yeah, question, I regret it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Patrick. No. Um, I, have, I have a family last name, essentially, <clears throat> that was like a, a previous 
past name related to some portion of my heritage, whether it's the Lithuanian side, I don't know. Uh, but it's actually Poyas, P-O-Y-A-S. Oh, wait, that's, your... oh that's right. That yeah, is yeah. my that. middle name. I knew this. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and so everyone is always like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't, how do you answer that? Like, what is any name? Like, it's <laughs> what just, are it's you? What's your, what's your it's descriptor? True. Yes. It's a name. Just tell me it's a fish. It sounds like a fish. It does. It sounds like pollo or something. Yeah. Sounds like a dish. Like right. a dish, something you Sounds like William. Is after my grandfather. Williams? Wow. William. Oh, William. Singular. After my papa. Nice. Mine's, my middle name is Matthew. I don't know if it has any significance. Wow. How boring. I wouldn't guess that. All right, Wesley. All right, Wes. Church, church backgrounds, Eric, for the win. Yeah, Mine. man. <laughs> Mine's Ryan. Mine's nothing spectacular either. Um, but funny thing, um, my my grandpa on my dad's side and my dad, well, basically my grandfather and my mom got into a shouting match, a, and my grandpa wouldn't talk to my mom or my dad for probably like six months to a year after I was born because I was supposed to be Oscar Smith Jenkins the fifth. Fifth. That's right. Um, yeah. And yeah, and my mom was like, I am not naming our kid Oscar. And my dad was like, You shouldn't do that because you'll get made fun of. And I was just like, I, I mean, and now I think about it, like, I don't mind being an I wouldn't mind being an Oscar. I'd probably be a good boxer, you know? So um but yeah, my grandpa was real pissed off that uh, they killed the. He had four going. The numbers. Yeah, they killed the numbers after me. So. There's something about the V <laughs> of the fifth. Now we are yeah. so off topic here, but I love that, like the idea of <laughs> if you were if you played your softball jersey, you have to be number five for everything. I feel like True. at yeah. that point. True. Yeah. All right. Well, there well, you go, audience. Well, dip is running, fun right? about us. <laughs> Trying to get us back on there track. There we go. Yeah. Um, and well, my <laughs> initials are EWE, which spells U, which is a sheep. Ew. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. What do you think? What do you think Mark Rose's middle name is? Anyways, Asgar. I honestly think it's Asgar. It probably is Asgar because he would hate that. So, so speaking of Mark and in the Nile, they're, Chad. They're <laughs> <laughs> Recover from that, Charles. Are you, do you Mark want Chad? Do right. you, you want to take this shot of fireball? Uh. <laughs> Oh my word! Two All in right. the same oh, cup it means Listen, balls back. It's house rules. I just, I just want to say, I just want to say that we took the most profound question in this entire roundtable and turned it into the stupidest yes, shit ever. It's just, All right, this is what you get, Charles. Get off Why my flip cup team, Lorna. Why do I try? <laughs> oh, All right, trying to, trying to get us back on track. The Nile, oh, including Markie and Chad Rowe are really struggling at the end of this story, right? Because the we Jedi... We can't get our security Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'm done. Oh, I'm shut sorry. up. I'm the sorry. The Jedi have been leading a, a, a galaxy-wide assault, basically, against yes. them after their massacre at the Republic Fair. And while the Republic mistakenly believes Lorna D to be the Eye of the Nile, do you think at this point that Lorna actually has a, a shot to challenge Mark <clears throat> Rowe as the true leader? As of the end of this audio drama, yeah, no, no, okay. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I we don't still don't know so. what what motivates the Nihil the Nihil as a whole because That's I true. think, I think that Lorna D's like motivations certainly line up more with the Nihil than than Mark and Rose. I agree with that completely. Right? I agree yeah, with that because completely. like yeah, yeah. 
Marky and Rowe wants to destroy the Jedi for yeah. sort of unknown reasons that we have still, yeah. right? It's not right. it's not clearly it's an defined thing. Yet, yeah. Right? I think he would yeah. I think he would like Suicide Squad level put bombs in the back of every Nile's head and be like yeah, for sure. I don't know, I'll blow him if I feel like it. Whereas I think I think Lorna does want to make the legacy of like the best the best version of the Nihil of like ruling the galaxy with like crime and mm-hmm. Taking over the hyperspace yep. lands. I, I think she would be better at it, frankly. But I think, for sure, in a weird way, Markion's got too much Joker chaos energy right now for her to take over. Yeah. Right. He, yeah, he has sure. a he has better he has a better jumping off point to being a crazy villain and for better storytelling <clears throat> for the next however many books that we get about this. Yeah. And then if it's if it's with Lorna, then they're gonna have to they're gonna have to create chaos somehow. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Her. Okay. I will know. say I will say that it's it, it's certainly less like hole in one for for Roe right now, right? Because he oh, doesn't yeah. have he doesn't have the old woman like yep. that's creating hyperspace lanes anymore. He has some kind of database, but let's be honest, that's just an Excel file somewhere, and all you gotta do is get the get get the file, and you're yeah. good to go, right? Microsoft so, like, Excel, exactly. <laughs> because it's so old, it's so far back in time, because it's not yeah, present. We, we use Google Docs, right? He's got he's got Excel ninety five. <laughs> Why is this a recurring joke in the show? <laughs> uh, like, yeah, but but really though, like his he he does not have clear control yeah. of mm-hmm. the Nihil anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe Lorna D could lead the Nihil. I don't know. I, I don't know. We don't yeah. know enough about Roe yet. I hope the comic that we're getting like oh, kind of clears some of that yes. up. But yeah. Yeah. that like, cover, by I the way, I know we talked about it a while back. Oh man, I think about that cover once a day at least. Pretty I am right. so psyched for that comic. Yeah. I think that Lorna will at least challenge Ro. I don't think she's going to actually usurp him in, in terms of leading the Nile. But but the thing is, point. if Lorna is one thing, it's a survivor. And I think that that audio drama really cemented that fact. And even though the creators of the High Republic have... <laughs> and, Come on! It's right there! All right. Yes, the three members of Destiny's Child... Beyonce, another we'll member of Destiny's Child that I don't know, and Kelly Rowland. There you go, and Lorna D. And it kind of sounds like that works, actually. <laughs> oh my god, yes, actually. <laughs> All right. Anyways, though the creators of the High Republic have already shown us that they're not afraid to kill off major characters, do you think that Lorna may survive the entire publishing initiative? Might she be long term? <laughs> Dude, I don't. I, I don't think anybody's safe, man. Like nobody that we've met is safe. I don't think, no. like for real, except for the obvious characters we know are already alive per the canon timeline. I don't think anybody's safe. Yeah, I think Game of Thrones has ruined this for me. Anybody can die. <laughs> anybody can die at any time. I will say one thing though. I think I don't think that she will die without taking a main character with her. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I don't think they're gonna kill Lorna D Not and like vain. well, we made it. Out. I think that like you know, Bell, Avar, like a, a main player will die either in a duel or in like a, this whole building's coming down. It's the only way to stop Lorna. Get out of here. And like, I, I think it'll be one of those kind of things oh, where man. she will take someone with her and it will be <clears throat> very heartbreaking. But I don't think, I don't think Lorna D yeah. <clears throat> just goes out because of an attack. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think know, she I survives say, the whole thing. I think she is out by speak, the end of phase speaking three. of speaking of major characters like being killed off and stuff. I I do I do really enjoy the the tie into the comics in this one, right? Yeah. With the absolutely. Whole skier yeah, and yeah, yeah. what's his apprentice's Keith. name? Who's like the yeah, Keeve. And that is that was great. That's not higher. Is that is that High Republic Adventures or the High Republic comic? High Republic. High Republic. Comic. 
The okay, Marvel that is one. High Republic comic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're, she's the, they're the main characters of that one. And yeah, and like I, I've gotten into the comics with the High Republic, and I still got, I still get them every week and stuff. And like, it was cool getting to see those characters, and I recognized them. And it was fun seeing the crossover between, you know, comics and novels and that sort of thing. Yeah. So like that was that was cool. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that. That voice acting was great too. When they showed up, <clears throat> I did get that little moment of like, oh my god, Scare and Keeve, and like they're doing that that yeah. really well with this initiative about just peppering the cameos in. Yep. Love that. Kind of, yeah. Kind also, of, we saw we saw somewhat of a sorry, Wes interrupt. We saw somewhat of a continuation of like it's a recurring theme in the comic that that's that. What was is it? Is it Skier? What's his name? Skier. It's like three Skier. S's. Skier. It, it's, uh, yes, yes. Skier is having this like ongoing battle with like is he connected to the force? Yeah. And some of that. Yeah. Some of that was in here. Some of that was in this he's, book. He said like, he's losing his connection to the force. Yep. And then, yeah, and he like he like also like borderline loses his temper too, which is uh, like probably like borderline Trandoshan part of his comic yeah. stuff going on. So it was cool to see that continuation of stuff. I don't think we've really seen that deep of a connection to the yeah. comics yet. It's like, like, hey, so. angry lizard man. Someone who's better at music than me should write that song. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was gonna say, um, going back to the going back to Lorna right. D and uh, and Markion Rowe, like mm-hmm. remember how Lorna D was talking to Markion Rowe, like in the very beginning? It's like, what are you doing, Lorna? It's like, not now, damn it! I'm busy with this. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, tell me what what's your status? What's your status? Yeah. He kept asking that, and he kept being, and he she kept like talking back to him really so i don't know if that's just how the i don't know if that's how their whole uh (laughs) like hierarchy works if they're if they i mean it's it's been working for i don't know however many years she's been a tempest runner right hasn't been very long um so you can you can you can kind of tell that there's there's going to be an uprising of Mm -hmm. new i would say new nile maybe like most of the people that were the prisoners on that ship are now new Nihil, if you want to right. call it that. Um, and then the old that are still, I guess they're loyal to Markion Row, and they think that Lorna has died, so they've already forgotten about her. I have no idea. Well, I think that's <laughs> but, the key, too, is that you know? like going forward, all the Nihil are going to basically need to make a choice. Because all the ones, the, the prisoners aren't joining the Nihil. They're joining Lorna D's gang, essentially, right? Right, so, like, right. They met right. her as a liberator. They don't, they don't. I mean, who who even knows if she was a Nihil? Like, some of them do, obviously. And she, at the end, is like, join the Nihil with me. And they're like, or die in prison? Yeah, great. I'll do that instead. Like, right. it's a very easy decision. And now it's going to be like, all right, also, maybe you have to fight this absolute psycho with a beast that turns people to dust. And they're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that part. But what so about, think- we'll feed you just a little bit better than that gruel that you got every day. And you had to pay for that crap. Food you didn't just get it for free. Food <laughs> does a lot. But I think that, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. When that, like, I I'm, I love when villains go up against each other. I mean, it's Vader Palpatine, right? It's, it's the idea yeah. of, like, when the villains fracture, the heroes win. And I think that in, I, I keep saying phase and wave interchangeably. When wave two gets going like cuz we're we're ending no damn it we're we're in we're wave 3 of phase 1 is what we're about to get okay so yeah. i think it's going to end on a downswing to start phase 2 and i think that lorna um her her role as prison leader and nile usurper will come into play cuz i guess what i want to ask you guys i know charles has been asking a bunch of stuff out 
but uh, we seem to have lost him for this one, so we're going to finish it up. I want to ask you guys, do you think that this as an audio drama means, even though we don't like it, a lot less people listen to this than read the books, right? Like a lot, which is, it's mm. a new medium, but we can we can admit that. How do you think they're going to tie this in with the fallen star of like, because some people aren't are going to have no idea that Lorna D has a new gang. Do you think we're going to see yep. this in the fallen star? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know how this is going to all tie itself off. And also apologies guys. Charles's power just suddenly went out. So like we, yep. we lost him. So we, we yeah. switched around here, but he's going to try to rejoin. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know how, how this is all going to come out. I mean, I think that's the beauty of the, of the, publishing initiative oh yeah we like we like don't know what's gonna happen and i don't think it's like predictable either like we have a couple of big predictions like you know we we sort of know that like the uh the big space station uh is is doomed right (laughs) sorry beacon is gone (laughs) at some point like i think we can all readily agree with that i mean it's not there it's not there when we see it so (laughs) exactly right so it's not there and I mean, other than that, that's kind of like the only known thing. So I don't, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, they're gonna look. They're gonna have to have an aside, or they're gonna have to have a passage with Lorna where she says that she kills Pan, because I don't think anybody yeah. else really knows that Pan is dead except for her. So if they're gonna incorporate that somehow in the book, then that she's probably gonna have to be able. She's gonna have to reveal that to the audience if they haven't listened to this, because that's really the only thing that. Other than she has this whole new group, I guess that's the that's the big takeaway from this is that she she got away from mm-hmm. the Republic. She has this whole new group of recruited prisoners that are yep. on her side now, and then Panetta is no longer alive, even yep. though a lot of people thought he was dead. He was back on his home world. If they never mentioned it again, they would think that that was probably like a, a just a story that wasn't finished. That he just went back yeah. to his home world and he just. You know, lived happily ever after. Although, Be Nasty makes a great point in the chat. Based on the solicits we've gotten and some of the cover images for the next issues of the comic, Lorna seems like she may feature in that because she's like holding a lightsaber on the cover of one of them and things like that. So, Hmm. I think that's the beauty of this initiative that we do get a lot of continuation. But, uh, but hey, guys, since we, since Charles has been, thank you, Jared, he has been hit by the leveler, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, that's terrible. Uh, he had no Easter eggs this time around, which is also very lucky for us. But let's let's go back around. If he gets back around by the time we finish, that's awesome. If not, uh, let's re-rate this because we always like to see if we we change our minds a little bit on stuff. Uh, we all, were all we were all in the eights. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey, you started with an eight point eight. What is your final yeah. ranking of this audio drama? I think I will keep it there. I mean, I think I really enjoyed this, and like I, I'm also somewhat like. I think it's also a little political, right? I think I'm inclined to give audio dramas higher reviews sure. because like want more. I want them. Right. I want them to continue. I want people to enjoy them. I think it's a weird, unique entire genre that we've recently added to Star Wars, which yeah. is really cool. And I want more of them. I wish I wish we even got more than we did. Yeah. Right. Like it feels weird that we only have three, but like yeah. that's crazy. So, you know, I'm I'm inclined to keep my score. I enjoyed this book. I'm a sucker for a villain story. I thought Lauren Excuse me. I thought Lorna D is by far the like like the most interesting of the Nihil characters so far. I guess yeah. we'll see what the comic does for Martian Rowe. But I'm excited for it. I mean I I really enjoyed it. Oh my god, you, you listen to so many audiobooks. You said Martian. I, I heard it, I saw I it. Do. I know. Oh uh, Westman, how about you? You're at eight point one, dude. 
I think I'll bump it up to to an eight point two. Maybe mm-hmm. no, I'll bump up to eight point three. Um, just because I mean, us discussing it, giving us the overall, like the overall swing of this book. Why our audio drama? Why did we listen to it? We listened to it because now we know that Lorna had escaped the Republic and has this new team with her. This new set of villains that's going to go either going to go, you know, pillage and plunder something, or they're going to go mm-hmm. right after Martian Rowe, or um, they're going to go even go after the, the Republic that had enslaved right. everybody. So we we do have a stepping point after this audio drama on where it's going to be and what could be after, um, after I guess, after Markeon finds out about Lorna just sur- surviving, yeah. to be to be to be quite clear, but... Um, yeah, uh, eight point three. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna end it as. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll bump it to an eight point five myself. I think that similar to kind of the end of Out of the Shadows, it's interesting that like even though there were some issues I had with it, like the the end of it is like, oh, I'm so stoked for the next thing, which is the kind of the beauty mm-hmm. of the High Republic is that there's always something that is very exciting to look forward to. And I think you're all right. The more we talk about how this ended with Lorna and her crew, I think that's really, really gonna play into what's gonna happen next. And her having this much agency and kind of doubling down on her namesake is so fun and so cool. And like you said, Corey, I want more of these. I love this format. I think that they're even though I like the other two slightly better thus far, I, I love the swings they're taking. I love the format changes they're playing with within audio dramas themselves. And I really hope that uh, people are enjoying them and supporting them as much as they are. Uh, I hope Kevin does more. And I, I really can't wait to see all these characters again in the next thing. In January, when I think everything is going to hit the proverbial fan. Um, But all that being said, two more things before we close out tonight. One, as a reminder, next week we'll be talking Star Wars Visions. So make sure you watch those first couple episodes. Uh, We're going to probably go through our first, the first maybe four to five. uh, And kind of give what we thought about them. And see how they were up in our rankings and talk about kind of what we think they could do maybe in some future episodes. But that'll be next week. And Wes... Tell us about something that's coming back this week that we've missed for a little while. Yes. So um, coming back this Friday, um, we're going to do Eugenie Game Nights. It's back. Yes, sir. Um, yes. So we have, uh, I have, um, I got a couple new things that I was going to add to the stream that I finally um, got squared away, and I'll be revealing those on Friday. Uh, probably going to play Battlefront. That's the, that's probably the easiest, most um, enjoyable thing to watch. Um, I'm, I'm going to check to see if I can switch off between my mini SNES and oh. the, um, and the regular game itself, if it's quick. So I can play like a, like a quick game of, uh, like super star Wars or super return oh of the my Jedi God, or something that'd like be it's awesome, man. It's, it's super retro, but, I, <laughs> but I have it and I want to use it. So, and it's impossible um, to beat because those old games were so hard. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be like a, it's going to be like a, a playthrough until I die. And then I'll go to the actual game that we're going to play. Um, but yeah, That's so awesome, this Friday, um, what, what date is that? The second first October first, first October first at the Friday night, I'm going to be going live at 8 PM Eastern. That's 7 PM central for all you normal people. I don't know yeah. about the 8 PM Easterns. So, um, I'll see you there on Friday. I'll be doing a lot battlefront and, uh, just come hang out, uh, you know, laugh, cry, cheer, do what you got to do. But all in all, have a good time, and may the Force be with you. Oh, look at that. Perfect. All right, well, 
We will see you, Wes, on Friday. And the rest of you, we will see you next Monday for some Visions Talk. Because, my friends, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. You can support us on Patreon. Thank you so much. You are the reason we're able to do this show and all the things about it. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for a poll or an email coming out about your next Patreon reward. A special thank you goes out to Cheryl Bell, OK Endar, Jeremy Kazina, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at AxeRoyZMT. West is at Boss West. Charles' power goes out. He didn't have Twitter anymore. A special thank you goes out to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire. And Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey Charles and Wes for podcasting me tonight. Thank you to the Dallas Cowboys for beating the Eagles 20-7 as of now. And as always, may the force be with you. Dad. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like-minded fans at utini.com. And remember, the force will be with you. Always.